What is up? I am Miguel Antonio, and this is the Live and Create podcast. It's where I interview artists and entrepreneurs about what it means to live a great life and create great things. And this is the pre-COVID edition. It's a series of interviews I did back in 2019. And even though a whole lot of time has passed since then, I wanted to get these out to you because I believe their stories have a lot of value to offer you. On today's episode, we have Paige Turner. She was just recently on NBC's The Voice and did really, really well. So 2020 has been awesome for her. But again, this interview happened back in 2019 before all that happened. And she breaks down for us her processes as a musician, as a creator. And she also talks about her decision to move to Seattle and what it's been like trying to establish herself in the scene there. Now, there's a lot of cameos from her dogs and her cat within the interview. So if you're listening to audio only, you'll hear a lot of dogs panting in the background. Uh, If you want to see all the cute animals, go check out the video online if you're just listening. And please be patient with us. Uh, as she references, we we are a little sloshy in this because of the pre-interview wine, uh, but it's great to hear her stories. It's great to hear her process. I hope you guys enjoy. The Live and Create Podcast. Okay. He's joining in. So we're going to have a lot of cameos from all the dogs hanging out, and maybe even the cat. The cat might even play some keyboards like it did earlier. What's the cat's name again? Spooks. Spooks. Okay. So out here in Seattle, chilling with Paige. So you moved out here, what, eight months ago? Yeah, just actually just hit a year. Just Just hit a year? Yeah. Okay. Been a good year so far? Ups and downs. (laughs) Ups and downs. Just like, (laughs) what's been the best part about moving here to Seattle? Honestly, I think the biggest thing that really hit me when I, I think it was actually a couple weeks ago, was how people are responding to my music. Yeah. It's, it's new, but also refreshing because I haven't had it in a little bit. So yeah, it's pretty cool to see people react. Well, it was kind of cool even as I was out like at clubs or the so far show. I'd mentioned your name. I was like, yeah, I'm out here with my friend Paige. And they're like, oh, yeah, she's awesome. <laughs> so you're <laughs> oh, already no. building that kind of buzz. Yeah. So, so diving into it, what was kind of the, the thing that inspired you to make this move? Um, I'm a majorist taker. And actually just like left a church at that point. So I was like, oh, I need something new. Yeah. Um, I was bored <laughs> with a lot. Like I just felt as though my music career wasn't going very far. And yeah. If I wanted to be the successful musician that I wanted as a young kid, then it meant that I put myself out to like these bold, big, bold <laughs> risks. And I think it was, I was talking to Ben McBee about it, and we were talking about a backpacking trip, and I was just mm. researching the whole thing and kept looking at all the beauty of just Washington in general. You're like, oh my God. Yeah, and I was like, This is nice? Yeah, I was like, Ben, this is moving. It's pretty nice. It's beautiful. And as, you probably can't relate to this, because maybe you can, I don't know how pop artists are, but (laughs) as a pop artist, like you Oh, as a pop artist, you probably don't think deeply, Miguel, I guess. (laughs) That was so rude. I realized that was rude. It was rude, but. I'll forgive you this once, this one. This one time. I didn't mean it how it came out. It came out <laughs> so, so rough. I meant to say, um, as different genres, specifically, mm-hmm. like I feel as though my genre, for some reason, even um, my old roommate would say, your music is so somber. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, it brings out the like raw, all the stuff 
that's deep inside of you and which is a good thing yeah she's like i'm always in my feelings when when you're playing your songs so so do you yeah. feel like it's it's had a better reception like your yeah. your genre your vibe mm-hmm. in this in this, in this particular market. i don't even know why even mm-hmm. it's just i think because all the rain they're Probably. all in their feelings They're all, all in the their time. freaking feelings. It's rained literally nonstop since I got here. It's so crazy. <laughs> because it's the most... Actually, it was kind of like this when we first moved here. It's actually rained less than what it usually does here, apparently. So our first year, it was like magical. Yeah. The winter was kind of brutal. Well, not really that brutal. They call two inches of snow like Armageddon. So... <laughs> like, what do we do? Oh, my God. Oh, and none of them have, like, all of them have, like, all, like, not all of them, but majority of them have all-wheel drive, and they don't know how to drive those either, apparently, so. <laughs> You're like, like, people, come on. Seriously, don't you know how to drive in mother-freaking snow? I, was, I have some friends who moved to Kansas City from upstate New York. Oh, shoot. And they they're just sit there laughing when, like, we're freaking out about, you know, oh, six yeah. inches of snow, and they're like... Like, dude, I have to like shovel out like six feet of snow Holy to crap. get to I work. I forgot about that. Like all those like really cold northern states. <laughs> it's so crazy. But feeling a good reception though. Yeah. It sounds like with yeah. your particular vibe, your particular. Yeah, I thing. definitely, I definitely feel as though my music has kind of like struck a chord. Nice. Well played. Well played. And you're good. You did some tours, right? Yes, I did my first tour this summer. Going down, you did San Francisco. I'm trying to remember where where all you I actually go. didn't do San Fran. I did. Oh my um, bad. No, you're good. I did Eugene, um, Oregon, Portland, okay. and then down to LA, then to Long Beach, and then back up here to do some more shows. Right on. So very cool. Successful. Felt Super like it was successful. a good run. It was. Oh gosh, it was exhaustingly great. I met some amazing people. <laughs> but when you got home, you're like, I'm gonna sleep for two days. I'm gonna sleep for like ten days. Actually, I went right back to work the next day, but. Because you're hustling, because you're making it happen. Right, exactly. And you know, tour is like, it never actually pays the greatest. Yeah, they can be rough sometimes. Yeah, you that's spend for more sure. than, you, than you expect to gain, so. Like, see all the, all the costs start adding up with the food right. and the hotels, and you're like, how many people did we decide to bring? Why did we do that? Why did we do that? <laughs> it's like, more. Yeah. And then Ben McBee, you know, well, there you go, Ben. We got you on there. Plugged you twice. <laughs> So for you, when did you start playing? When did that all um, like grab a hold of you? I actually started playing piano when I was 14. Okay. Um, that was a good time. I actually learned from one of my friends in church. Uh, she was like, hey, you know, I, I noticed that you like to sing. Learn how to play piano. Because I think I was like doodling on the piano like chopsticks or something. Yeah. The basic stuff. Like you, you do. Know. Right. Like, like you one do. should do when they approach a freaking piano chopsticks is the first thing first thing you should play it's important it is important for at least come second maybe um no i started playing then and actually i think i honestly think guitar was the last instrument i picked up really yeah um walter of course this is in the video walter he's mad at the cat he's mad we'll do a play by play walter is mad at the cat and the cat is coming to me all the way. Hey, there buddy. <laughs> What's his name? Spooks. Spooks, that's right. I'm trying to get all the animals' names. All the animals. Out. All right. What's Mr. up, Spooks? Spooks. There we go. Walter. This is the most animals that have been in any interview at this yeah. point. Yeah. That's too, not too bad. So, so guitar was kind of the last thing yeah, you it was. picked up? How old were you when you started playing that? 
Um, I would say about 1920. Yeah. But it all started in the church for you. Yeah, also right. in the church. So it was kind of like a need kind of thing. But mm-hmm. also I was like, mm. I think I just started getting fed up of what I was writing on piano. I was yeah. like, I can't. I'm in this shell and I need to be out of it. I'm in a rut. So I was like, I'm going to force myself how to play. And I think I raised money from just babysitting throughout the year and bought my first guitar. Nice. Yeah, it was, it was janky. Jameson. I call it Midnight. Jameson? Yeah, Jameson. Amazon. I've never even heard of that. It's a guitar. Doo-doo. Oh, my God. So you're not rocking that thing out? No, actually, right one now? of my friends has it. Um, we traded it. He traded up, I yes, hope. Yes, too. I, I got a microphone. Oh, nice. To record it. Good trade. Throw it down. Yeah. <laughs> so how much do you feel like the church in the beginning was like a big influence on you? Was it big, little, Huge. or? Huge. Um. Huge influence. Like, I would write Christian songs all the time. Christians. I say Christian songs because it's, it's a heavy word. Um, Sprinkle some Jesus in there. Is that what you did? A little yeah. Jesus on it. But I was, I was actually the type of Christian writer, all the quotes possible, um, <laughs> that didn't write like typical people. Um, and that was a problem. I actually noticed it was a problem when I uh, competed in... Assemblies of God, National Fine Arts. Okay. Uh, I got in with this song that I wrote like a year prior to the competition. I was like, oh, let's try it. See what it is. This is like my senior year. Got in and I got there and the, the song that I like sang was like this really like haunting song. It was like the cadence I think kind of went like, and it was like, and it was way too dark for them. Yeah, in darker words yeah. as well. It was like, I think it was like, it wasn't like that dark, but it was like, I lift my voice to heaven, my my help comes from you, Lord. Um, yeah, but the overall yeah. vibe of the song yeah, was just way dark. dark. They're like, I feel so sad, what's yeah. going on? And you know, in the worship realm, that's like, like, give it four on the floor, right. I want right. to be happy, exactly, raise my hands, right? and, and be the, excited. And the sad songs weren't really sad songs. They were, like, the convicting songs, but, like, they were, like, like I'm so bad. Grace. I'm so bad, but you're But I'm, you're good. I'm so bad. Yeah. You're good. <laughs> I, I love my Jesus, but, ooh. But that was not the jam for you. Yeah, it was not. My, I follow that C.S. Lewis quote hard. I love your Jesus. Is it C.S. Lewis? Love Jesus, hate, hate your Christians. That's Gandhi. That's Gandhi. That's Gandhi. Yes, but they both pair though. There's he had one about it too. Probably um, something similar, I imagine. Dang, I can't believe I misquoted C.S. Lewis. He's like one of my favorites. We had wine earlier. That's probably why <laughs> I'm blaming all the wine. Like blame it on the wine. I'm sloshy. It's a little sloshy for little the interview. Sloshy. So, well, so where did that transition happen for you? In a sense of like walking, not walking out of the church necessarily, like I know that's still a piece of it, but like right. artistically it seems like you kind of broke out of those bounds and, yeah. and creating music on a different level. Right. Um, the first song I actually recorded was a song called Beautifully Flawed. And it is very much like, it has the, the Christian theme and everything, but um, it doesn't, it's subliminal. But I guess anybody that like, if they know me, they probably think, that it's Christian. But yeah. if they don't know me, like I've actually had a lot of people, like secular people love it. Secular people are so stupid. Um, <laughs> but, 
It was after that song when I started writing like different songs, and it was after it was after I started working with Crystal Rose, and she's another dope Casey artist. Yeah. Um, she's legit. Yeah, she writes she writes more of like they're not really like love songs, but in that realm, mm-hmm. in that in that realm, and I started hanging out with one of our old friends from the cause, and she was just like, "Well, love songs are what like sells," and I was like, "Yeah." It's true. It's true. It sucks, but I'm like, I refuse to be that person. <laughs> so I just started writing from like the truth of me, which still pertains to God and still pertains to Jesus. But yeah. like, it was more of a story instead of a facade. Right. So. Instead of like Christian-y Christian word language. salad mm-hmm. with... With some guitar behind it, yeah. you're trying to dig down into what yeah. you're thinking about. Yeah, Is that- yeah, what I'm feeling as a believer in Christ. Yeah, I think what the a lot of what this is my unpopular opinion. If you hate me, I'm sorry. Um, I think of what a lot of the Christian realm is missing is the like real truth. Like, of course, it's great to jump in the four four beats and be excited and say, "Yeah, God is great," and you know, it's yeah. it's great. But at the end of the day, like. There are people that struggle as Christians. Can't always be God is great. Like sometimes it's why God. So you're striving to grab a hold of like the real life experience. Yeah, yeah. And I've always had the real life experience. So it's, I feel like I've I've been privileged enough to have the real life. This is not where we're playing. (laughs) To have the real life um, experience of stuff. Grateful for parents that kind of orchestrated that. Yeah. Yeah. Now, would you say that you're a Christian artist, in no. a sense? Okay. How would you define yourself then? I would define myself as a hungry musician. I wouldn't exactly use the word artist, and the reason why I wouldn't say artist is because sometimes I don't view my stuff as art. Because to me, art is like not always. Mm. Art is something that everybody wants to see. Like, it's like a, a work on display, right? Right. Whereas in sometimes, like, the music that I listen to, like, I listen to people like Hiatus Coyote and just these, like, crazy jazz, like, fusion things. Mm. I have so many students that are in rock, pop, love all these things. They're like, I wouldn't listen to that. So, like, that to, that to me is, like, the musicianship. Like, yeah. to me, not all pop. Some pop is is an artistry. They're, they're, they're playing to sell. Like, they're... They're creating to sell. Right. And I've met some pop artists that aren't doing that. I've met some great pop artists, from, especially from Kansas City, that have left, you know, left the scene. Mm-hmm. So, and you're doing your thing too, <laughs> pop rock. Pop rock. No, I've always liked you guys. <laughs> True. <laughs> Walter said yes too. So what, what does your process look like now since you've been here in Seattle meeting a bunch of different artists, like when it comes to writing, how have you seen your process change since you've been here? Yes, um, nature has definitely impacted that. It's always yeah. it's always played a huge part of like my freedom in writing, but more so now than anything. And I think, I don't know if it's like when I go into nature that I can just refresh mm-hmm. or whatever, but for some reason, every time I come back out, I'm like, okay. So like going on hikes and... Yeah. and I know on your stories I've seen you kind of out in the woods and Just you actually have that crowd. out right. here too. Exactly. I have legit. a freaking ocean. I've got all the different stupid things I'm where jealous. I can just... I'm jealous. Yeah. I'm jealous. Oh, God, 
Just come out here, man. Cali. Not yeah. out here, but Cali. I had to swing by the ocean today. I was like, yeah, this is legit. I miss it. <laughs> missed it so much. <laughs> this, is, this is not the time. You out of water? No, you're not out of water. You now, who are some of the artists who are sticking out to you in Seattle? Who are some of the people that you're... I love the Black Tones. The um, Black Tones? Yeah. They're like... They're li- like I can't even explain their style because they're their own thing. Yeah. <laughs> they're pretty great. Um, they're super fun people and super sweet. Um, the lead singer is... Actually became good friends with her through my job because she used to work there and everyone loves her there. She's just nice. this awesome, sweet person and her brother plays her twin brother plays drums and I think they have like a friend family friend that plays guitar bass no bass yeah because she plays the guitar so everyone loves them um another artist that sticks out to me is um one of my friends her name is uh Whitney Manger I will butcher your last name Whitney Manger Manger that sounds legit that sounds legit though yeah she's super cool she's very, very, very professional. And that's something to like admire, especially coming yeah. in as a new person into the scene too, so. And then my homie, she's not like a Seattle person, but mm-hmm. she moved from Hawaii to here. Um, she's actually a verified, <laughs> I say verified, verified because who's, like everybody should be verified. If you're she's got the check. Should, she's got the check mark. Right. She's legitimate. She's legit. She's legit. She's a reggae artist and she's toured with some very, very, professional names and right on. she's just a professional human being she's great and very talented so nice yeah i'm learning from a lot of people here that's awesome yeah what would you say has been one of the hardest things moving into a new finance. place for your artistry finance, finance. <laughs> biggest struggle biggest struggle it's just it's definitely more expensive than kansas city i mean i was struggling in kansas city but mm-hmm. nothing like this like this it's it's crazy yeah cost of living is a little lower yeah. In Kansas City that I think out here in Seattle. Yeah. Even just looking at gas prices. Tacoma is some of the cheap prices. Shout out to Tacoma. Boom. That's where you go. You like dip over to right. Tacoma. It's like 45 it. minutes away though. So it's not even worth it. It's not even worth it. They had <laughs> they had gas for like sometimes like two fifty. Nice. Right. That's like that's like poor cheap here. Yeah. That's like the gas they throw water in. So for you, you've been to remedy that. I know. You started working at School of Rock. School of Rock, yeah. Now, was that pretty early on? Did you just transfer from School of Rock, or did you find that here? Um, I actually found it through a drummer that I played with. I was working at a music store, um, and it just didn't end up working out that way for me. I didn't really like working there. Um, So my drummer was like, hey, you know, we're looking for a female teacher in the school. You can really use... um, Vocalist as well, female vocalist. So, so you're like, doing vocals and guitar? I'm doing actually vocals and piano. Nice. Yeah, I do guitar. I think I have one guitar student mm-hmm. now. And then sometimes I do drums and sometimes I do bass. It just depends if I'm subbing. Float around and do yeah. your thing. Yeah. What are some of the things that you focus on when you're talking to the students as far as like when you think about coaching like some of the younger students? into a career in music? What are some of the things you focus on there? Um, I have to be like really selective with, with who I talk to about it because a lot of them are just there to have fun. Yeah. Which is a thing, but a lot of them are serious about it. Um, I don't know. I kind of just tell them like, you know, it's, 
it's a struggle out there. And then eventually your, your taste for music is going to change. Because mm. they think, now they think slow, slow music's boring. Yeah. I thought that too. I remember when I was 10. Like they want everything hype. Yeah. Hype and thing. loud. Hype and loud. Exactly. I remember, oh my gosh, my, how my, my taste changed so much. Which is age. I've always had like an old taste in music. Like I've always been raised on Sade and Monica and mm. Brandy and all the good stuff. <laughs> the good stuff. Yeah. The good. The good stuff. Good goods. Some Shaka Khan, of course. Yes, of course. All that. All the, the the hits. My mom raised me well. I've never actually. I'm now getting into the rock realm, which I don't mind. Like I consider myself rock as well too. Yeah. Like you got an edge sound. to what you do, yeah. so I just figured rock was kind of a a mainstream for you. No. As, as far as influence. I did like a little bit of it when I moved to America, though. Like <clears> I loved like punk rock bands. Like I started to like slowly get into it. Yeah. Um. Like I loved um. Christian rock bands. Mm-hmm. Like I loved what's the name of that band? Skillet. I loved Skillet. Yeah. I love that's a talented group. Yeah. And Red. Have you ever heard of Red? I know the Red. Screamo? I it's been a long time since I know the band, but it's been a long Red. time since I heard it. Sir, relocate your body. He's not happy about lack of attention. Do you want to go out there? The patio. He's like, I need to go. <laughs> oh, he'll we can pause it. So for them, so you're you're coaching the younger students, if I understand right, just to like, in a sense, to open up to newer kinds of music, or to be yeah. ready to open up to new kinds of music. Yeah, you know, kind of. Don't just say, well, "I'll never like that kind of music." Oh, that's not for me. Like, just because I'm even learning from rock music, I didn't even think I would like Megadeth. I like a, a couple of Megadeth songs. Yeah. Who would have thought I would have liked Megadeth? I'm always open to stuff. Like I never dismiss someone. If someone proves themselves, then they're like, that there's they're something talented. that connects yeah. that you connect yeah. with, like throw it in. Exactly. Well, and I I kind of have this running theory right now that genre doesn't matter anymore. Doesn't. And I think the more influences you can bring in as an artist, as long as you're an artist that knows how to execute whatever that thing is right. well, I think it doesn't matter. I agree. It's definitely true. I resonate with that strongly. Yeah. yeah, I've just been experimenting even as I'm releasing music with the same kind of thoughts. It's like, okay, well, in this season, I was feeling this like Americana thing, so let's oh. just do it. Let's just throw it out. And then in this season, I'm feeling this kind of vibe. Let's try it out mm-hmm. and see what's going on. So, And maybe eventually I'll land on something that feels like feels right. completely me, um, but all those things feel like me at right. the moment. So I was like, fuck it, let's just They're do definitely it. you. No, I write the same way. Like, I'm just like, today I feel neo-soli. Today yeah. I feel rocky. Now, your process when you're writing, is it like a daily process for you? Do you write in seasons? What's that look like for you? It's kind of, it's actually pretty sporadic. Like, sometimes I'll just pick up the guitar and just place my fingers. Mm. Um, it doesn't happen very often. I haven't written in a long time. But I try to write when, I, when I'm starting to feel the crappiest. <laughs> especially when you have all the emotions to get out mm-hmm. on the front that's usually the sense. only time i get like good stuff out yeah really and truly so it's weird but i feel like that's like a lot of like artists approach like yeah for me it's kind of a sanity yeah. thing where if i'm not writing i've been in a season where i haven't had i have i guess i haven't made the time to write because i've been working on the tours and mm-hmm. booking and all the business ends where i'm like i need to get back That's to what I feel like I am. My brain's like 
rattling Itchy. around a bunch mm-hmm. of things. Yeah. And you're so burnt out on the business end too. Yeah. Yeah, I'm right there. It's like there. time to just let it go. I try to like completely disengage the business side of it while I create and then let let the business side creep in again later. Because mm-hmm. I feel like there's times I've tried to write just from a business perspective, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Like who's the demographic, who's right. this Who and that, to sell this which to I'm, I'm not against, but I feel like in the infancy of the creation, mm-hmm. it almost like hinders it because you can't explore different thoughts right. and different ideas. I don't know if you feel that. That's, no, that's true. <clears throat> That's very true. And then kind of let everything else kind of craft it mm-hmm. later. Find its way. Yeah. It usually takes me like two days or so to write lyrics. I yeah. suck at them. I suck at them so bad. <laughs> it's so hard for me for some reason. Don't know why. It takes me like five, <clears throat> not five minutes, I guess like 10, 15 minutes to write a melody. Put the melody, put the chords and everything going. Sorry. I usually write like get a main idea for what I want for the verse. Yeah. Into pre-chorus and then I kind of just formulate from there and play it a couple times and then alter things and then go from that point on and then I find a chorus. Nice. And then I stress out about the verse too because then I'm like, shoot, that's more lyrics. <laughs> Bridges is where I struggle. I struggle Like the bridge. The finish? Ugh. Yeah. Often I've just been going like, eh, let's just kind of redo a little bit of the chorus in a different way in the bridge, and then let's come back to the chorus because right. that's been, that's kind of like my my nemesis in a way as far as writing goes. It is the Achilles thump. What is the Achilles heel? Achilles heel? I think that's so. Right? I think that's I almost said thumb. <laughs> I don't think it's thumb. It's not his thumb. <laughs> it's definitely it's Achilles, Achilles heel. Yeah, definitely Achilles you're definitely heel. on it. Achilles thumb. <laughs> So making these big moves, make it, like grabbing hold of the risk, which I'm all about. I respect that a ton. What, when like thinking of other artists, like if other artists are listening to this and they they don't have that that thing in them naturally, like what advice would you give them to take kind of a, a step out? The hunger that you're asking? Well, like, so, like, it sounds like for you, the idea of, like, taking a big risk is a natural right, okay. kind of step. So, like, say someone's struggling to where that's not, like, their natural vibe, but they know something needs to happen. They're like, mm-hmm. I got to make some kind of move, but they're not necessarily wired the same way. What kind of advice would you give them? Um, probably just take it one day at a time because I know, like... It could be overwhelming to make huge decisions because then huge decisions come with huge repercussions. Yeah. So maybe just like set a goal daily, like this is where I'm moving, next step, next step, next step. And set yourself like not necessarily huge goals that are impossible to reach, but set yourself a goal like, okay, well, in six months, I want to be able to play a John Mayer solo top to bottom without mm-hmm. <coughs> without messing up. Right. Right. So it's just moves like that, like just wanting to, to better yourself, I think will always be the reason to go for the risk. Because the more, the more that you want to progress in your career, the more that you see opportunities elsewhere mm-hmm. and the more, more fascinating and pleasurable the risk looks. Yeah. No, it makes sense. Like... Yeah. I, I often think of the, the same concept and the idea of like just taking 
the next step. Like, what is the legit next step I need to do? And it seems like the moment I take it or I watch someone else take that step, then the four or five other steps that's next start mm-hmm. opening up. Mm-hmm. Where through opportunity or just through mindset, like your mindset right. grows exactly. from that. So even if I hear you right, maybe for someone who's not ready for like just packing all the shit up, moving to Seattle mm-hmm. and, and starting from scratch, maybe for them the next step would be you just book your first show out of town. Right. In a way. Yeah. Like how does that feel? Yeah. And then start start progressively growing right. from there. Start building demographics around you. Yeah. Yeah. I dig that. That's awesome. Open for the local like favorite. Yeah. Make a goal to open for them. And after that, make a goal to not open for them, but be a part of their bill. Boom. And it seems like that kind of thing builds the confidence for the next level of risk to where eventually maybe some of them can become the big risk taker. The more you see your potential, the more you'll go after it. Yeah. You can't. I'm not a person to sit on my hands, so if I see what I can become, like I'm going. It's like figure out try. how you're gonna. Do I'm gonna this. figure out how to get it, and if I have to claw my way all, to the, all the way to the top, <laughs> I'll do it. You're like, if I gotta claw yeah. my way all the way. I'm to just Seattle, crazy. If I gotta start... claw my way all the way up from <laughs> the bottom of the ocean, boom! I'll freaking do it. I dig it though. Just for some Cheetos. Just for Cheetos. Just for some Cheetos. Cheetos they they feel the same way about. Cheetos. This is what being artist is. Eating Cheetos. Eating Cheetos with your dog and cat. <laughs> Late at night, after work, when you still had to hold it down. Heck to the yes. <laughs> so I love the idea of what makes people tick behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. And so that's the idea of live and create is part of wanting to also dive into like the philosophical thing mm-hmm. uh, behind mm-hmm. all the the nuances and all the day-to-day next steps of, of the business world, which I love that piece, but, you know, diving into that. So this idea of living a great life, when it comes to you just as a human being and as an artist, what does it mean to you to live a great life? Other than Cheetos, eating Cheetos with your dogs. Ooh, that's hard to beat. <laughs> um. <laughs> What would it mean for me to live a great life? Um, I guess it would mean, I remember as a kid I wanted not exactly Beyonce fame, mm-hmm. but just enough like fame to be recognized. Yeah. Was it Sasha Fierce? Is that her name? Sasha Fierce. Sasha Fierce, that's what it was. Yeah, pretty, pretty You didn't close. necessarily want Sasha Fierce. Yeah, I want but Sasha you wanted... Fire. I want Sasha, Sasha Fire. Fire, okay. Just a little step down. A little step down. And then I was like, oof. Then I went through the, the worship thing and I was like, I don't want fame. Which is still very true. I don't want to walk down the street and be like, oh my God, it's being better. No. No, I don't want that for myself. All the paparazzi's following yeah. around. I want them. enough fame that, you know, some people that are willing to listen to my weirdness and like appreciate what it is to be like, they see me in the supermarket and be like, hey, what's up? Let's get a photo kind of thing. Like yeah. it's like a small interaction where I can still develop relationships with people, but I still have like a fat <laughs> demographic. Yeah. I want a big demographic, but not so big that I can't live my life. Right. Enough so, to make a living, mm-hmm. but not enough to like So send me the drugs you and alcohol. Right. Yeah. To send me off the mad end. Right, Rooster? 
Was was there an experience that kind of tipped you off to that, like a particular experience where you're just like, ooh, I don't want that, something you saw or experienced personally? Yeah, I think I think being a part of the church made me realize, like, not necessarily that it's selfish <clears throat> to want so big for myself, but more so it made me realize that I wanted to appreciate the gift that I really did have mm. and not flaunt it for because I believe people have like specific gifts that don't necessarily need to be flaunted as much as they because they get abused yeah so I believe like I have this gift that needs to be appreciated and some people don't appreciate it and that's totally okay um so I just thought it would be I think it'd be better mentally for me and spiritually and logically <laughs> For me, if I stayed on like more of the NPR sessions type of girl, and <laughs> deuces, you know, make yeah. the tour like once every, whenever, you right. know, like yeah. So for so. you, then, like, the idea of living a great life is simply accomplishing this goal mm -hmm. for you. Is that what you mean, or yeah, just accomplishing the not the finally, yeah, mom, look, I made it here to this. Mm -hmm. My goal is right now is who is the person? There's this person that I follow on Instagram. Her name is Sophie Marks. She's about she when I started following her, she was about to the 10k. She's at 27k now. Nice. Um, so she's hustling. She's hustling hard. That's my goal right now. And then right after my goal is Emily King. Nice vibes. Yeah. After her is I think my band her. actually opened for Emily King at some point. At Riot Room. I wouldn't no be shit. surprised. Oops, no, sorry. Yeah. Sorry, guys. <laughs> An overload on there. Yeah. So, so in a sense, then, living a great life for you is just having this next incremental goal. Mm -hmm. And you feel peace as long as you're accomplishing, or at least yeah. in the process to yeah. those goals. Am, yeah. I, am I right, or am I putting yeah. words yeah, in your no, mouth? No, no, no. no, no. <laughs> I feel like that's accurate. I feel like I find peace in the process. Mm -hmm. The sucky process. Yes. Sometimes it can be tough. That's yeah. I. Uh, there was a comedian I interviewed in L.A., and he kind of defined it in a similar way, and it stuck with me. Where he said, "It's learning for him. It's learning to love the process as much as as wanting the goal, the end goal." Mm, and yeah. that really hit me because it's like we can chase after this big dream or whatever it is, and one we may never get there because right. percentages, right? It's like you know, the point zero zero one who becomes Sasha, right. Sasha, Sasha fierce. fierce right. And, uh, so <laughs> you better learn the journey right. on the way to that. I, right. I actually had a professor in college sit me down and music professor. And he's like, what do you want to do? I was like, want to write, want to tour and do all this. And, and, uh, he looks at me and he, he mentioned a few people that are in our program. Mm -hmm. He's like, look at Jeremy, look at Justin. He's like, they have more talent in their pinky than you or I have in our entire bodies, is what he says to me. I'm like, thanks, bro. This is great. And uh, But he's like, if you want to accomplish this goal that you have, you have to settle in and know that you can give 100% to it, and it may never happen. Right. But you have to be okay with the fact that that's, that was good enough for you. Right. Like the, basically... Now when I distill it, it's like he was simply saying, like, you got to love the process because right. it's going to be so... Basically, you're saying it's going to be so hard for those cats, right. which, and they were, like, off the charts 
talented. He's right. like, it's going to be really hard for you. So if you're not going to love it and still be okay with maybe you don't accomplish this huge dream, right. maybe you shouldn't do it. And right. that, that dude, like, yeah, that sticks with me a ton. No, so. that's, yeah, that does, that does hit a, it does hit the core. Yeah. That's a really good, yeah, I need to follow that. <laughs> Yeah, I, on the on the long drives and the tour, that's that's something that keeps coming back to me. Sometimes in a negative way, because I'm like, man, I just suck, and he thought I sucked. But the other side of it is the the inspiration piece of like, no, let me dive in the process, work my right. ass off. Because there's always that person that's better than you. Always, always, always. So when you think of creating, writing, performing, creating your shows, crafting your brand, what does it mean to you to create great things? Oh, what does it mean to me to create great things? That's a hard question. <laughs> I don't know. What does it mean for me to create things? What's it mean for you? What's it mean for me? Let me get an example. That's a good question. Like I, I ask the question all the time, but no one's ever asked me. <laughs> so now you like flipped it around to give yourself time to think. Well played. Well played. Um, yeah, just kind of thinking out, like for me, I think it's creating things that impact others that also come from authentic place from me, Mm. um, which I think to me, that's the magic of creating because I feel like sometimes I can almost like journal through my music Mm. and through my songs, but sometimes it's so personal. I don't know if it's of any good use to other people. And we're in the business of performing for other people. Right. So how do I take my own authentic experiences or thoughts or things I've observed and make them and craft them in a way that connects with somebody else? Like right. down to like, I've on this tour, I've seen a lot of different shows, a lot of different other artists. And sometimes I'm frustrated when I watch an artist who, it's almost like beauty for beauty's sake. Like they're brilliant at singing, you can tell they write some good songs, but they're kind of in their own world, even from a performance standpoint. And to me, it's such a miss because you have a room of 50, 100 or something people or or more. I was at a showcase where there's like hundreds of students there and there's some artists who are just in their own world. And it sounded good, but it just missed because they still didn't find a way to take what they did and connect it with other people. So I think at least right now, as you put me on the spot <laughs> on that one, I think creating great things is about connection. Um, for me, how do I connect my artistry to other people, whether it be live or in the recording process and the writing process? That's good. I like that. Okay. I can feed off of that. Um, <laughs> You're like, yeah, my answer too. All right, next question. <laughs> No, I think I think mine, mine is very similar. I um I desire it for like I think impacting at least one person is like my biggest thing when I go to shows. I'm just like if one person here is touched by me, I'm that's all that's all I need because yeah. at least one person understands me. Um, one of the things I started doing. No one take this because it's mine. I patent this right now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we'll put the, on this the page interview. stamp on it. <laughs> No need right. for sound effects because I did it myself. <laughs> I'm my own stunt woman. Um, <laughs> so um, 
the one of the things I really want to start implementing in the shows is the five main senses. Of course, there's like seven another main senses people talk about, but I want to be able to incorporate it in um, to my shows. So when someone comes in, it's not just like, oh, it's sight and hearing, which mm-hmm. sometimes people don't even supply people with sight. So I want to be able to to give a performance, obviously for it to sound good. I want to be able to do taste, which I'm not going to say what I'm going to do for taste. Okay. And I want to be able to do touch and, what's the last one? Uh, smell. Smell. Yeah. Smell as well, too. Interesting. Yeah. So I'm going to start doing that as of January, I That's think. That's a cool idea. Yeah. I dig it. So I have some pretty, pretty cool ways that I'm thinking about approaching it. And um, it's going to involve some pretty... Pretty neato people. So. I like that though. Yeah. Well, and again, like kind of coming back to even my own answer, like anything I think an artist can do to grab an audience mm-hmm. and bring them along with it. Yeah, them. take them on a journey. Make yeah. them feel like your family or something. Absolutely. Creepy family. Creepy grandma. Creepy grandma who's in the log sense. cabin when you go on on vacation. I never had these kinds of vacations though. What kind of vacations? Are- Log, creepy you know when grandma, they go, log like cabin. They go, like the family, like, you know, you watch those stupid movies and they go to, they go to the lake house. But the horror movies where it's like. No, or even like, what was that movie? Um, with, was it Adam Sandler? And oh, Paul. Chris Rock and Adam Sandler. Is it the one where grown all ups, of them. Grown ups. Yes. And they all go out there. Oh my gosh. <laughs> those kind of movies. That's so me. pop of you it's, to like that. I'm, I'm going to judge so, you. I like some pop. Some good pop. That's super poppy movies right oh, there. Good, I'm good judging pop. you right now. You know what I really like right now? What's that? Um, what's this kid's name? I, I'm not a huge Sam Smith fan. Like, like I said, His I, can voice. Appreci- I can appreciate so good, good music. Though. I can appreciate the good music. Yeah. Dancing with a Stranger. Love it. Oh, That's what a- you made me do. How is somebody new? Oh, baby, baby, dancing with the stranger. Love that song. Such a good His song. voice is just so yeah. perfect. Yeah. Everything about it. Oh, my it's, God. It's so good. But that, <laughs> well, thanks for hanging out. Thanks I for appreciate having it. me. Thanks for breaking it down. Yes. And uh, keep hustling out here. So. Yes. Keep Everybody knows your name here. already. I'm so excited about that. That's legit. Didn't expect it. Didn't expect it. I don't know what's happening, to be honest with you. So It'll be cool to see what happens in the next year for you. That'll be really cool. I'm pretty excited. Thank you for listening to the Live and Create podcast. If you like what you heard, make sure you subscribe and leave a comment or a review. The Live and Create podcast.